This episode of Weekly Weird News is sponsored by Stitch Fix and by Bespoke Post. In last week's episode, we spent a lot of time covering various ways that this year's Olympics, like every Olympics, is an absolute mess. Starting with the fact that they're happening an entire year later than originally scheduled in a country where most of the people at this point just want the whole damn thing to be canceled. Well, the games officially kicked off a few days ago, so it looks like despite all of the protests on the streets of Tokyo right outside mm-hmm. where the games are being held, the games will not be canceled. Yet. They do go on There's for an extended period of, of time. However, because the Olympics are cursed, several individuals involved in this year's games have in fact been canceled. Some just days or even hours before the opening ceremonies took place. The first person to use the Olympics as a means to get canceled was Yoshiro Mori, the head of the Tokyo 2020 Organizing Committee and a former Prime Minister of Japan, who back in February said that the reason the Japanese Olympic Committee board doesn't have a lot of women is because women have an annoying tendency to talk too much and make meetings run too long. (laughs) Uh, He said this in response to a question about the committee's plans to increase female representation and probably could have gone with something like, we're working on it. But he went with a more old school answer and subsequently had to resign over it. I'm going to shoot you straight. What did I say? (laughs) What? Always yapping these broads. Let them in right now. We'll see. This video lasts forever. Yeah, I mean, more women. Are they hot? Yeah, technically, he doesn't have to resign as long as the meeting is still continuing. So he just brought in a bunch of women. And some say that that meeting is still going right now. No, he, he, he... Resigned. He lost his job. But a month later, in March, the Tokyo Olympics creative chief, Hiroshi Sasaki, stepped down from his position after it came out that he had suggested during a brainstorming session that the opening ceremony should feature body-positive Japanese celebrity Naomi Watanabe dressed as a pig, or as he called it, a limpig. Great pun. Bit fat-phobic. Yikes. But that's, uh, really, that was nothing compared to a much more recent and much more last-minute Olympic cancellation. Uh, Making fat jokes during a meeting is one thing. But the guy that the Olympics hired to compose the music for the opening ceremonies turns out to be a real piece of shit with a history of much more serious bullying. Here's the Washington Post. Olympic organizers pulled Keigo Oyamata, who was to be used for both the opening and closing ceremonies, and are now scrambling to find a replacement. Oyamata, whose stage name is Cornelius, resigned Monday after coming under fire for bullying classmates, including forcing a child with a mental disability to eat feces and masturbate in front of other classmates. Oh, God. Uh, Oyamata had unapologetically described the incidents to a local magazine in the 1990s, and his interviews resurfaced after he was named Composer. That's big yikes. Yeah, to and, and to brag about it in an interview. Yeah, it was awesome. The yeah. special needs kids, I made him uh, eat shit and jack off in front of people. It was it was great. And that's why I'm telling you about this. Yeah. Because it was cool. And you I think did. all those awesome college and high school bullying movies from America are cool? Yeah. Wait to hear what I did. I did all of that, and uh, I'm proud of it. And hopefully uh, 20-something years from now, this doesn't blow up my face. But for now, I did it, and I'm proud. Mm-hmm. Anyways... Ate. They, uh, Here's Wonderwall. Even at the time, when they, when he was describing the instances of his magazine, this magazine tried to like get a hold of people he had bullied to like maybe ha- maybe have them like uh, in the same room. And there's just like one of them's like no, like he's fucking suicidal after what happened. He does not want to see this person again. Yeah. 
but yeah, that all came to light just days before the opening ceremony. So uh, the organizers at first responded by deeply apologizing for not vetting the composer enough, but also saying that they hoped he would stay on because there wouldn't be enough time to find a replacement. <laughs> um, but the Japanese public, who again overwhelmingly opposed these games even taking place, they continued to pressure Oyamata to resign until he eventually did. Uh, it's unclear how much of the opening ceremony's music was changed in such a short amount of time, uh, but the soundtrack for the actual opening ceremony on Friday ended up being a playlist of various iconic Japanese video game soundtracks. Cool. Which, which seems like the perfect last-minute solution. Right? Well, uh, even the decision to go with video game music wasn't without controversy. On the milder end of things, people were confused about the complete lack of Nintendo music, though Nintendo is known for being overly protective of its IP. But on the more serious end of things, a lot of people pointed out that if Kiego Oyamata's history of bullying made him unfit for the Olympics, then why did the ceremony open with music from Dragon Quest composed by Koichi Sugiyama? Because, uh-oh, that guy's pass is also extremely controversial. <laughs> they Look, we haven't brought up rake-stepping in a while, but uh, this is just like textbook rake-stepping by the Olympics. I think everyone in Japan just has a horrible past. Much, that could like, be true much too. like the nation of Japan itself. <laughs> uh, but here's uh, the Daily Beast. Sugiyama is a composer best known for his music created for the Dragon Quest game series, but he's also well known for his extremist views. He has worked with LGBTQ bashers like the liberal democratic politician Mio Sugita. He's denied the Nanjing Massacre by Japanese troops in the late 1930s. He has stated that the, that the Korean women who were working as sex slaves to the Japanese empire were actually happy-go-lucky prostitutes. He's a misogynist who does not believe in the equality of the sexes, and a homophobe who doesn't believe children should be taught about homosexuality or that LGBTQ people should receive government support as, quote, they don't produce children. He's also hosted a show on an arch-conservative television network in which he and Sugita shared laughs about the plights of racial and ethnic minorities. Sugita has also ridiculed journalist Shiori Ito, who was allegedly raped by a biographer of former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. Sugiyama keeps strange company. But uh, that's not all. Uh, there were even more people involved in the opening ceremony who stepped down under public pressure just days before the games began. The two hosts of the Olympics in Japan, those guys from Most Extreme Elimination Challenge. <laughs> no. I wish. That would be fun, actually. Yeah. That would be a good thing for the that Olympics. would be. Uh, no, here's the Washington Post. Nobumi, the pen name of a fiction author, announced Tuesday that he resigned from his role as an organizer of the Tokyo 2020 Nippon Festival, the official festival of the Olympics celebrating Japanese culture, arts, and music. Nobumi had faced online criticism over descriptions in his autobiography about how he made his teacher drink spoiled milk when he was a student and his remarks about children with congenital diseases. We're all just kind of pieces of shit here. They're, they're digging pretty deep with a lot of this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, finally... He made his teacher drink spoiled milk. I mean, making fun of kids with diseases. It's all bad. Like, this is yeah. all bad stuff, but like... Spoiled milk, eh. Making fun of kids, eh. Like, I, I think they're... I think the people of Japan are just like... Trying to find every reason to they get found, the Olympics to They found up. the American cancel culture, like, workbook, and they're just like, we can use this. We can use yeah. this to make sure no one can work at these games if we just cancel every single person at these games. Yeah. Because here in Japan, everyone's got a freaky past. Yeah. Let's just dig it up. But yeah, finally, here's a, a BBC headline that popped up just one day before the opening ceremony. Olympics opening ceremony director sacked for Holocaust joke. Jesus. 
And yeah, at this point, you've really got to wonder if all these people just like self-reported their various misdeeds to get out of, <laughs> to get out of being involved in this yeah. cursed event that nobody wants to take place. I don't know. Anyway, here's the details on uh, Kentaro Kobayashi's Holocaust oopsie uh, from the BBC. This latest scandal has seen former comedian Mr. Kobayashi strongly criticized for a sketch he performed 23 years ago in which he and another comedian pretend to be children's entertainers. In the sketch, Mr. Kobayashi turns to his colleague, referring to some paper doll, saying they are, quote, the ones from that time you said let's play the Holocaust, according to AFP news agency. Japanese Prime Minister Yoshidi Suga described the comments as outrageous and unacceptable. Meanwhile, Rabbi Abraham Cooper of the U.S.-based Holocaust research body, Simon Weisenthal Center, said, Any person, no matter how creative, does not have the right to mock the victims of the Nazi genocide. Mr. Kobayashi himself has issued a statement responding to his dismissal. Quote, Entertainment should not make people feel uncomfortable. I understand that my stupid choice of words at that time was wrong, and I regret it, it said. I mean, I disagree with him that entertainment should not make people feel uncomfortable. Yeah. That's, uh... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and say that, uh, yes, Holocaust jokes, almost certainly bad. Yeah. But uh, some of my favorite entertainment made me feel very uncomfortable. There's mm-hmm. entire genres devoted to it. Yes. Also, again, this is like a single line from a sketch comedy show. From like 25 years. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I mean, they, they've taken the American standard of, like, canceling people to a new level. Because, like, pretty much every comedian that you like has said some, like, yeah, pretty fucked up shit at yeah, some point. Of course. Yeah. Because, look, uh, times were different back then. People were, whether, like, obviously we've all, gr- hopefully, grown as a society. Yeah. But that shit flew back then. Yeah. And, <laughs> I, I, like, it, maybe it's because everyone is either trying to sabotage the Olympics. I think that's what it is. Or the fact that the Olympics are put on this unattainable pedestal of you have to be the most pure person to be involved with it despite the olympics themselves having numerous shortcomings yeah. like it's all very weird it's like they yeah they they only want people who are perfect to be involved it's at like all. it's like the same thing that we're all going to live through in america when deciding uh politicians in the, the first, next 40 the years. First Zoomer president. Yeah, it's going to be gonna nuts. Be a, a lot of TikToks to dig through. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I think I think my theory that this is either people uh, sabotaging themselves to get out of it. Yeah. Or the Japanese public trying to just cancel everyone involved in the Olympics to stop it from taking place. That's got to be it. Because yeah. I think, like, the first couple guys that, like, really put their foot in their mouth, the people were like, hmm, hmm. Mr. Kobayashi well, referred to the the potato as Mr. Potato. If head. we if we just find dirt on every person involved in the planning of this Olympics, mm-hmm. there can't be an Olympics. Yeah. How about that? Just let the dominoes fall. The creative director of the Olympics said that uh, she shouldn't have been fired from the Mandalorian. Yeah. <laughs> can't. <laughs> Anyways, in other Olympics shit show news, a weightlifter from Uganda who was in Tokyo participating in qualifiers. Decided that after he failed to qualify, he was just going to go AWOL in Japan. Uh, this is actually not really that uncommon for Ugandan athletes participating in international sporting events. It's apparently not a very fun place to live, Uganda. So there have been multiple examples in recent years of Ugandans just ditching their events to go try to seek asylum or just, uh, you know, start a new life somewhere. Uh, here's CNN. 
A Ugandan athlete who has gone missing in Tokyo ahead of the Olympic Games had left a note saying his life in the African country was too difficult and he wanted to work in Japan, officials have said. Julius Sekidoliko, a 20-year-old weightlifter, failed to qualify for the Games after his arrival in Japan and was due to fly back to Uganda on July 20th. But he was last seen at a local station near his delegation's hotel in Izumi Sano at 6.30 a.m. on Friday. The athlete purchased a Shinkansen bullet train ticket to Nagoya, about 200 kilometers away, an Izumi Sano official told CNN. In the notes, Sakita Liko said he did not want to return to Uganda and asked the members of his delegation to send his belongings back to his wife. The Izumi Sano official added, He was eventually found, though, and sent back to Uganda, where he faces potential criminal charges. Ah, come on. Yeah, they, we understand. He gave it a shot. Yeah. We've all been there. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he's not the only one upset about having to uh, leave Japan, though. Turns out Poland's swim team made one hell of an oopsie by spending years training more swimmers than they were actually allowed to bring to the games. Uh, here's the Washington Post. They put in years of training. They sacrificed their social lives and their families. They flew around the world during a pandemic to compete in the Tokyo Olympics, only to be told once they got there that they didn't qualify. Six Polish swimmers are fuming after the country's swimming federation put 23 athletes on the plane to Japan when they were only meant to send 17. They had taken the Olympic oath and departed Poland to great fanfare, but they didn't even manage to make it as far as Friday's opening ceremonies. Alisa Chorch, a Olympian at the 2012 London Games and 2016 Rio Games, took to social media to vent her frustration over missing her third Olympics because of an apparent administrative bungle. Quote, imagine dedicating five years of your life and striving for another start at the most important sporting event, giving up your private life and work, sacrificing your family, etc. She wrote Sunday in a Facebook post. All that dedication resulted in a total flop, she said. She wrote that she was struggling to gather her thoughts as she packed her suitcase to return to Warsaw, angry that she had been denied her dreams, quote, because of the incompetence of third parties. <sighs> Whoops. Speaking of... You're uh, going to the Olympics. Psych. Okay, wait. Shit. Speaking of incompetence, uh, you'd think that with the USA being one of just a few countries with widespread access to coronavirus vaccines, our Olympians and their staff wouldn't want to look like complete dicks to the athletes and staff from other countries who would absolutely kill for a vaccine including the people of Japan, who are less than 25% vaccinated. But you would, of course, be wrong, because it came out right before the start of the Games that about 100 of the U.S.'s 613 Olympians are unvaccinated. And to be fair, yeah, 83% is still a lot better than the U.S. public, which is still just 56.3% vaccinated. But it's also not a great look. Yeah. See what the NFL is doing? Love what the NFL is well, doing. Yeah, I, Basically, uh, if you are unvaccinated and you are a coach oh, yeah. or involved in the team or play on the team and are unvaccinated and uh, get the coronavirus, your team has to like forfeit games yeah. and uh, faces monetary fines. And uh, it's all your fault. That's great. Mm -hmm. All I saw was that one guy being like, uh, that's a HIPAA violation. It's a HIPAA violation to ask me if I'm vaccinated. Insane. Um, but speaking of uh, not a great look, uh, here's the Associated Press. The chiropractor for the American women's wrestling team has apologized after comparing Olympic COVID-19 protocols to Nazi Germany in a social media post. Rosie Gallegos Maine, a chiropractor for women's wrestling since 2009, said in a letter to the USA Wrestling Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Committee on Wednesday that she was sorry, quote, for my poor judgment and my choice to share this message. The post sent to her Instagram and Facebook accounts last week was flagged by both social media platforms for spreading misinformation. Quote, we went from flattening the curve in 14 days to going door to door to see your papers. Gotta admit, I did not see that one coming. 
the post said. Get off social media, lady! Also, why, why are chiropractors involved in the Olympics? They're not real doctors. But the cracks feel good. They do. They feel great. And if that's like some kind of... Look, whatever the Olympic athletes need. I guess whatever works. Yeah. Look, she might be... Uh, we can't fire her. She said we need to keep coming back for more adjustments. Yes. She said she's not done. It's been like nine years, so I'm sure she's getting close. Look, but... the back cracks feel good, and yeah. the neck cracks feel even better. She said it's only going to be beneficial if we continue to do these adjustments on a regular basis forever. Mm-hmm. And it's not a grift. That's just how it works. Look, I, I like getting my neck cracked. Once a year, gets all tight back there. Just go in there. Throws my head around. I might die, but I might feel a lot better. I'm scared of having a ruptured, like, vein or something, which happens. It happens. It's very rare, but it happens. They're just like, and then just your brain bleeds on the inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, worth the risk, though. Nah, nah. <laughs> I'll just continue doing uh, very moderate amounts of yoga at home. Yeah, and for... sleeping on my purple pillow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In case you uh, need an update on how the COVID situation at the Olympics is going, um, it's not great. Though it would undoubtedly be a whole lot worse if they'd gone through with allowing spectators. As of Saturday, the total number of positive cases was 127, with 14 of those being athletes and the rest being Olympic staff and contractors. There's no word on whether any of these cases are severe, but thanks to regular testing, they're at least being caught very quickly. Honestly, out of nearly 12,000 athletes and probably at least as many staff members, the numbers so far are very low, at least by our humble American standards. Yeah. But... Did you see a snow leopard at the San Diego Zoo caught the virus? Oh, no. Yeah. We must do something about this. Yeah. I thought they were going to vaccinate all their animals down there. I, I, I think it's crazy that it got, uh, that it contracted it. It had to be from a trainer or something. Yeah, I don't know. There was like tigers getting it at the beginning. There was a gorilla that got it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Man. Anyways, as for uh, the cardboard beds that a lot of the Olympics are sleeping on that we talked about last week, it looks like we were right about it being complete nonsense that the beds were designed to prevent athletes from having sex on them. Uh, In last week's video, we showed you a Northern Ireland gymnast jumping on his bed in a TikTok video to show how sturdy they actually are. And sure enough, as more athletes arrived in their dorms, many more of them took advantage of this free hashtag content and created a, a shitload of TikTok videos demonstrating the bed's Structural integrity. Now they've really shot themselves in the foot because now, because this rumor or whatever leaked or not leaked, but got spread around that these were like anti-sex beds. Now it's just like, thank goodness they are actually structurally sound because every athlete is like, look, slam. Um, So yeah. Yeah. I mean, but it's almost like this rumor was created simply to give the athletes something to post about during what will likely be the most boring Olympics they've ever participated. Yeah, they kind of need the social media marketing. Like I I turned on NBC Sports on Friday mostly to look for the opening ceremony, which I could not find online, and when I finally found it on NBC they were like rebroadcasting it later at night and it was just like them introducing the countries. I didn't see any of the old the fanfare. They um, also the way they cover it, I didn't see this year's except for highlights, but the way they cover it every single time is so annoying. They just like Close-up shots on Americans for the entire ceremony, like not even paying attention to like the actual ceremony, the thing I want to see. Well, so the only sport that I've even seen so far, look, I don't even care enough to look up a schedule. I was just seeing what what was ever on NBC Sports was uh, uh, women's softball, Olympic softball. And at least the game I saw Friday morning or something, 
The Americans beat the shit out of those stupid Canadians. Good. Yeah. Stay out of our sport. Yeah, you stupid Canadians. Get your own, uh, what do they got, hockey? Yeah. Yeah, go play hockey, you Canadians. Go play hockey. You got another Olympics for that. Yeah. Um... I don't know. I, oh, Take I did, off, eh? I did look up. Uh, apparently, a lot of the Olympics are streaming on Peacock, which I think sucks. I mean, yeah. it's nice for like if you're you're gonna watch stuff that wouldn't be normally on. But I feel like there should be more Olympics on NBC right now. Yeah, there's they, multiple hours of local news on yesterday. Yeah, that's fucking annoying. Yeah, they got the contract for the whole thing. They're the only ones that can broadcast in there, and they're like, well, if you want to see most of this, you're gonna have to get the app. Get Peacock. Fuck yeah. you. How much do you love the Olympics? Ugh, not, a, not that much. Uh, moving on now uh, to just a little non-Olympics news before we get to the headlines part of the show. Senator Rand Paul uh, recently held a Rand Paul town hall, and uh, it produced this lovely moment. For that, we'll go ahead to our next question now. Mrs. Alexis Toon, you are live with the senator. You can go ahead and ask your question. Hi, Senator. I am a proud Kentucky citizen, and I just wanted to tell you to get fucked. All right, we'll go ahead to our next question. It's, well, uh, it's still no, like, uh, uh, suck my dick and choke on it. I yield my time. Yes, uh, that was pretty good, pretty though. Good, yeah. uh, and he also got uh, pretty uh, well vocally backhanded by Fauci this week. He was like, I want to go on record and say you're full of shit, basically. Yeah. Rand Paul's, like, trying to get Fauci, like, arrested or some shit. It's it's so stupid. The, it's the all whole, theater. The whole, yeah, the whole plan with everything Rand Paul's saying about uh, what the, the the whole lab coronavirus thing is literally just to get just to plant the seed yeah. uh, of people being like, whoa, uh, there's this thing floating around. And it's like, no. He literally directly answered the question for you yeah. and had to do it twice because he wouldn't listen. He's such a clown. Yeah. Anyways, in similar news to the clip you just saw, uh, the dream team of representatives Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene, they stopped down here in Southern California last weekend uh, as part of a uh, national fundraising tour that has apparently just been burning through way more money than it's generating, which is odd for a fundraising <sighs> tour. Uh, but it produced this lovely interaction between Matt Gates and one of his most diehard supporters. Oh, oh my that. God, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I mean, just, oh, everyone thinks you're crazy. I don't think you're crazy. People think you're a pedophile. I don't think you're a pedophile at all. I don't think he's a pedophile at all. The charges against him are totally false. They're totally false. Oh my God. Okay, yeah, so no. Um, that guy's not actually a Matt Gates supporter. But he, he seems so authentic. He's a comedian named Walter Masterson who hates Matt Gates. But he's not the only one who hates Matt Gates. Uh, here's some folks in Riverside who showed up outside Matt Gates's event there. Yep, they're chanting pedophile. And if you need to be brought up to speed on why that might be, we've got several videos covering that that you can check out. Um, so yeah, enjoy those. Anyways, before we get to the headlines, this episode is sponsored by Stitch Fix. Shopping for new clothes can be time-consuming, tedious, and expensive. Fortunately, Stitch Fix makes it easy to find the clothes you love. Stitch Fix offers clothing hand-selected by expert stylists for your unique size, style, and budget. Every piece is chosen for your fit and your life, and it's the easy solution to finding what makes you look and feel your best. Try on pieces at home before you buy, keep your favorites, and send back the rest. 
Stitch Fix has free shipping, easy returns and exchanges, and a prepaid return envelope is included. There's no subscription required. Try Stitch Fix once or set up automatic deliveries. You'll pay just a $20 styling fee for each box, which gets credited towards anything that you keep, and there are no hidden fees ever. Stitch Fix has styles and clothing to fit any occasion for women, men, and kids. They ship all over the U.S. and the U.K. as well. Get started today at stitchfix.com weird, and you'll get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. That is stitchfix.com weird for 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. stitchfix.com weird. And this episode is sponsored by Bespoke Post. This summer, Bespoke Post is here to take your adventures to the next level with a new lineup of must-have Box of Awesome collections. Bespoke Post partners with small businesses and emerging brands bringing the most unique goods every month. Like this kit for learning all about how to enjoy and appreciate whiskey, or this kit for brewing the perfect carafe of cold brew coffee. No matter what you're into, Box of Awesome has you covered. From travel and outdoor gear to breezy summer styles and grooming goods, Box of Awesome has collections for every part of your life. To get started, take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right Box of Awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. It's free to sign up. You can skip a month or cancel anytime. Each box costs only 45 bucks, and it has over $70 worth of gear inside. You can get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter our code WEIRD at checkout. That is boxofawesome.com, code WEIRD for 20% off your first box. Now time for the weirdest headlines of the week, starting with Donald Trump reportedly said he could beat George Washington in an election. Oh, yeah, there's a lot less people back then. I mean, does anyone even remember? I, I beat him by tens of millions. His face might be on the money, but I got a lot of money. I've chopped down a lot more trees than that bastard. Yeah, he, he said he could... He actually and said, I beat him in a fight. He said he could even probably beat a, a ticket of Washington and Lincoln running together. A lot less people back then. Yeah. This is from one of, like, there's like three books out right now. But if you there. look at the votes, if you look at the tallies, yeah. it's very obvious. He did get way more votes than any of those losers from back yeah, then. Yeah, I'd guy. say probably at least the first 10, 20 presidents combined. Yeah. Yeah. And and Find the lie. Looking back, they didn't have uh, cyber ninjas back then. There's probably a lot of voter fraud. How do we know Washington even won that election fair and square? We don't know. We don't know. Mm-hmm. So, uh he, no he president has ever been treated as poorly <laughs> as me. Anyway, yeah, uh, quite quite a claim. Might even call that uh, a bit of an un-American claim, but yeah, uh, yeah, I would say I would say that is. Uh, if anyone else, if anyone else, president or otherwise, claimed to be more uh, popular and beloved than George Washington, that probably set off some alarm bells among. He was the more, a liar with wooden teeth among the more patriotic Americans, but uh, not in this case. He wore a wig. My hair's real. Jimmy Fallon tugged on it. I don't see Jimmy Fallon rustling George Washington's hair. Yeah. Wasn't even alive for television. Yeah, what a loser. (laughs) Loser. Loser. How'd he get his message across? He didn't have Twitter. Well, now I don't have Twitter either. So I guess you could say me and George Washington have a lot in common. Yeah. We both didn't have Twitter. (laughs) COVID patient in Louisiana says heat up for hospitalization again over vaccine. Okay. It's never going to happen. Hey, Guess what? It might happen to him again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, sir, you uh, you just almost died. You just came out of it. So do you feel bad about not taking the vaccine? Nope. Put me back in. He's <laughs> like, I would do this all over again rather than take that vaccine. We don't know what's in it. Thank you, taxpayers, for paying my medical bills for no reason. Yep. Yep. And I'll make them pay for it again. Because uh, COVID treatment is uh, actually covered, so. For now. Yeah. Uh, although I would argue that might be in a lot of 
people's best interests to maybe not pay the medical bills of unvaccinated people who yeah i mean who who, who are able to and healthy enough to get the vaccine and yet chose not to for political reasons. Yeah, I'm, I'm torn because I think all healthcare should be uh, exactly. subsidized by the government. Exactly. But uh, yeah, when that happens, you do have to take into account stuff like uh, people making decisions which um, intentionally put them more at risk and more likely to need uh, serious healthcare. You know, I just find resources. it a little ironic that the very people who vote against any kind of expansion of uh, Medicare are the ones that because of their unvaccination and higher rates of hospitalization and ICU are getting free medical care paid for by the taxes of others because Me- of their choices. Medicare for me, not, not for, for thee. thee. And definitely not for all. Yeah. From my cold, dead hands. Here's a very American headline. Homeowners yell, have him die somewhere else as hero lawn care worker tries to save man's life. Yeah. And guess where this happened, everyone? Yes, Florida. It happened in Florida. And this guy uh, was having a seizure in a car, in like a moving vehicle. And the this, guy like steered yeah, it off of the road. Well, he like literally with, a, the, with his body like stopped it from moving. Yeah. And then was like trying to get into the car and like immediately someone next door was like, get off my lawn. Yeah. What are <laughs> you doing? Tell him to die somewhere else. <laughs> literally, the quote was tell him to die somewhere else. Like, yeah. what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. It's uh, real gross. He did save the man's life, though. But, yeah, uh, and that, no, no thanks great. to anyone else. No. This being America, though, you know, maybe this person dies on their property and sues them. Nah, I don't know. So I don't know. I mean, it does street, seem pretty it's heartless. Hard, it's very heartless. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you should you should care more about other people. Yes. Go die somewhere else. <sighs> Alabama city leader who used N word in council meeting says he won't apologize and might run for mayor. I'll do it again. Here he is with his Burger King hat. <laughs> yeah, I'm, the, I'm both the Burger King and the mayor. It's like even worse than the headline because he basically called the mayor, who is a black woman, I believe, essentially in a roundabout way, called her the N-word. And it was like, what? I stand by what I said. And I'm going to take your job. Yeah. Fucking nuts. And it was like, it's one of those things that racists love to be. They're like, no, I'm not saying all black people are the N-word. It's just a certain type of black person. So it's not racist. It would be racist if I was calling all black people that. But I'm using it to describe a certain type of black person. So I don't see what the big deal is. Anyway, a lot of, uh, a lot of attention I'm getting for this. I might just run for mayor. I might just do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've already got the worst possible Literally, thing. Literally, the mayor we have right yeah. now uh, doesn't like being called just... Just uh, a couple of slurs. We need someone in charge who's willing to say the slurs. And I would assume that this person running would uh, probably not enjoy being mocked, made fun of, or used uh, slurs against. No, well, he's okay. white. I mean, what do you exactly? Call but, him a honky? Yeah, but he, oh, excuse me. Yeah, exactly. He, he, he yeah, probably get real mad when people like point at a picture he posts on Instagram of his chicken that he just cooked. Where's the seasoning? Yes. How dare you? How dare you? It's delicious. This is racism. Yes. Against white people. Mm-hmm. We need to stop critical race theory. <laughs> For this very reason. I season my food just fine. <laughs> a pinch of salt, a little bit of pepper. <laughs> and a squeeze of lemon. And a squeeze of lemon. Yes. 
and a, and a whole heaping spoonful of mayonnaise. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> That's the spice I need right and, there. And another spoonful for me. Mm-hmm. Yes. Michigan Catholic school argues in lawsuit mask mandates violate religious liberty by hiding God's image. Well, we are all, as the Bible says, we are all created in God's image. So God looks like me, a white man. And, uh, and by covering up my beautiful godly white face with a mask, uh, I, th- somehow I'm in violation of the Lord. So, Didn't Jesus have a beard? He did. And Jesus was very much not white. Yeah, not white. <laughs> he was uh, almost certainly uh, looked like Literally impossible. any other person in that part of the Middle East. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But we, t- we don't talk about that. Nor will we ever. Mm-hmm. Don't bring it up. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to see how this lawsuit plays out. <sighs> Americans mock the British heat wave after realizing it's only 88 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> yeah, losers. What the fuck? I mean, Those are rookie rookie numbers. Yeah, that is that is hilariously not very hot. When but... it's 88 here, it's like, oh, what a nice break from the normal weather. Yeah. In defense of the British, all their buildings are designed to keep heat trapped inside during most of the year when it is not hot. So, and they don't have air conditioning in their houses. Or like, like, like half of their houses are built into hillsides, right? No, so they're fine. Think, you're thinking of uh, hobbits. Mm, I don't know. I'm thinking of British people. <laughs> Same thing, really. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it is. Uh, they they were complaining that this was apocalyptic, and when yeah. Americans were like, they're like, "What? Thirty-one centigrade? What is? Let's run that through Google." Wait a second. <laughs> Wait a second. Shut up. Eighty-eight. <laughs> Eighty-eight. Loser. It's a it's a bit you know, it's a sacrifice because during the winter time, as we all know, every British person lives at the end of a long country road. With a beautiful house covered in snow and a yeah. chimney going, yeah. with uh, warm amber hues coming from inside the house, and uh, a pie cooling on the windowsill, yeah. so they can deal with a little bit of heat. A meat pie, yes, a meat pie. A delicious pie filled with like gizzards. What are the leftovers? Uh, yeah, just a bunch of leftover like digestive organs. In the summer, British people Fish live heads. inside of hills, and in the winter, they live in beautiful rustic cottages. Yeah, they sit by the they, they sit by the fireplace eating uh, jellied fishes. Mmm, delicious. Yeah. And that's why every American, like in the movie The Holiday, goes to the UK to spend Christmas there yeah. in a nice, lovely cottage. That's where to, Santa Claus is from. To fall in love with a local. Mm-hmm. We all do it. Yeah. First lethal attacks by chimpanzees on gorillas observed. They're at war. It's wild. They've never seen this before. Mm-hmm. Um, the chimpanzees, they had the strength in numbers. They did. They killed. I was going to ask if they had weapons or something. Gorillas. No, they just had strength in numbers, and they did manage to kill some gorillas, although the gorillas they killed were uh, babies. They literally pulled baby gorillas from their mothers. It's, it's fucked up. But, uh, yeah, they've never seen, ever, they've never seen, like, gangs of chimps attack uh, like a, a family of gorillas before like this. And uh, the reason is because uh, climate change is making their food supply uh, that they usually have plenty to share between the species. Uh, there's just not enough of it anymore. So, uh, yeah, probably going to see a lot more of this. It's, uh, they, need to, they need to understand that apes together strong and uh, stop fighting each other and fight the real enemy. Man. Hedge fund managers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're coming for uh, you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man calling libraries and masturbating to a Supreme Court opinion. Yeah, he's calling them up. He's like, sorry, I don't have the internet. Uh, I just need to look up 
this one Supreme Court case. Can you pull it out of your records? It's, uh, I think it's like U.S. versus Brady. It's a really weird one. It's a, it's a case, a Supreme Court case from the 60s about how the, how cops have to, or prosecutors can't hide exculpatory evidence. Elliot, stop. You're going to make me come. <laughs> yeah. And this guy, he's been calling law libraries like across the country. And they're like, yeah, okay, sure. I'm a librarian. I'm the nicest person around. I, I live to, I live to serve the community. And they'll just start reading this stuff. And they're just like, sir, sir, are you okay? You're breathing hard. It, what is that slap? Don't stop reading. I'm yeah. clapping. I'm clapping for the, the decision. Oh, yeah. Oh. Meeting adjourned. Court is adjourned. So, yeah, I mean, uh, everyone's got a fetish, I guess. Yeah. Swedish prisoners take guards hostage, demand pizza as ransom. It's a Swedish prison. I mean, How bad could it be? It's also, yeah, you're right. Their prisons are like resorts compared to what we have. But, yeah, I guess if you haven't had pizza for a long time, I, I would go a little insane. Problem is, though, Swedish do some weird shit with their pizzas. One of their favorite ones has bananas on it. Yeah, it's a bit strange. It's very strange. I'm almost curious. I do kind of want to taste what it is. I'm like, someone must have thought this was good. So they, they have freaky Pizza shit like with that. marshmallow and bananas. Mm, the old pizza fluffer nutter. Yeah. They, also, they have some really good ones there. Like, they have a donor kebab pizza that I yeah. really want to try. Um, Sweden... At least Stockholm. Uh, the last time I went, might have been changed. Maybe coronavirus wiped it out. But uh, Sweden it was one of the last places with fine dining sit-down Pizza Hut. Oh, what? Yeah. With, like, the chandeliers. And... It was nice. Like, not oh, even, like, the God. American one with, like, the red cups or anything. It was, like, fine dining. You go in, you sit down. I don't think I Waiters. Ever, I don't think I ever had the chance to go to one as a kid. Really? Yeah, because, like, in my town, like, there was, like, more... We had, like, round table. We had more, oh, like, Oh, yeah, California, spots. California, yeah, Cal- yeah. Yeah, like, there was Pizza Huts, but I think it was, like, more expensive than the other, like, Yeah, you had, like, Shakey's and, yeah, like, a bunch of... A, yeah, So, like, yeah, you know, after, like, soccer games and stuff, we'd go to, like... We never went to Pizza Hut. Yeah, I... So, I, I me... Pizza Hut dominated my life as a child. I was part of Book It, where you'd read the books and get free personal pan pizzas. Yeah, it's it's mind-blowing. There's a bunch of, like, YouTube videos covering... There's still it. one in, like, Ohio or something. Yeah, it, but it's, yeah, it was a fine... It was, like, a, a, a treat for the family. Yeah, it wasn't, like, was fine dining. Or, yeah, but there was a jukebox. There was yeah. an arcade, salad bar. Uh, yeah, they'd bring out a little thing for your pizza. You'd have the shakers and the red cups. The beautiful, uh, not chandeliers, but, like, hanging lights. There's still, like... Uh, but Stockholm, last time I was there... Uh, had like a sit-down, very nice Pizza Hut. You can find uh, artifacts from Pizza Hut on eBay. Yeah. Occasionally like ashtrays and stuff mm-hmm. and uh, the chandeliers, the seats. Yeah. It's, it's uh, We got to go to the one in Ohio where they shut it down. Just like yeah. that Blockbuster. Yeah. Yeah. And final headline, Argentine Health Ministry needs 10,000 wooden penises for educational purposes. Nothing sexual. It's only for education. I need 10,000 wooden uh, what, what's the What's the curriculum? Uh, sex education. Oh, okay. We need to be able to show a condom, how it goes on. And the you know, people up north in America, they use bananas. Not realistic. Disgusting. How am I supposed to picture a throbbing, erect penis with a banana? I need an anatomically correct wooden penis. Yeah. With maybe a dorsal vein, maybe some variety, cut, uncut. Because a banana, you, first of all, you're not going to eat the banana after you put the condom on it. Maybe you'll open I mean, it up, you slice could. it up, put it on a pizza. But uh, 
The wooden penis is going to last for a long time. Yeah. And the wooden penis, I mean, you can use it to demonstrate condoms. Use it for other stuff. When no one else is around. Mm -hmm. Not that we would. The Argentine Health Ministry. We're not going to use it for anything sexual. We just need the most realistic fake penises you've got. There's a widespread outbreak of people coming in with uh, splinters in their vaginas and assholes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Ugh. Make sure that put a good put a good put a, a good coat of polyurethane. Um, are they sticks. asking for balls on it as well? Um, I mean, the picture in the news article did feature balls. I don't know. It's going to cost extra. The balls are extra. The balls are extra. Big wooden balls. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, uh, that's it for this week's episode. Uh, if you haven't seen yesterday's or the most recent episode of News Dump, uh, a, a good friend from Internet Today history is back, makes a special appearance. Yeah. Kind of a bummer. But uh, Phil... Appeared yeah. on the episode to check Unannounced, he dropped right in. Yeah, just... He dropped yeah, into the edit. Literally, literally took over the airwaves. Yeah. Uh, and then the most recent episode of Tech News Day as well. Check both of those out and we'll see you uh, in a couple days or so for some more, for some more, uh, what do we make, content? I don't yeah. know. It's, it's hot in here. Content. Bye. Bye.